Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of our third series of Insights, the podcast from Understanding Society. Understanding Society is a longitudinal survey that captures life in the UK in the 21st century. Every year we ask each member of thousands of the same households across the UK about different aspects of their life. Each episode of Insights explores how our data has been used in a key area. We look at what we found and what we can learn from it. I'm Chris Coates, your host for this episode, where we'll be looking at the challenges and opportunities of living in coastal communities. Here to discuss this with me is Emily Murray, Director of the University of Essex's Centre for Coastal Communities, which is based in the seaside town of Clacton. Emily, uh, this is a new centre. Your appointment as director was announced in September 2023. Can you give me a quick introduction to the idea behind it and, and what it is you're setting out to do? The idea for the Centre for Coastal Communities was created before I joined the University of Essex in October. This was an initiative by the Vice-Chancellor, Anthony Forster, and other people. So David O'Mahony, who's uh, Dean of Partnerships. So they put in a lot of the groundwork before I started. So I have to be uh, very honest about that. And I've been told uh, it was in response to the call to action in Chris Whitty's report as Chief Medical Officer a few years ago, showing that there's worse health in coastal communities than there are in inland communities. And that was quite an inspiration to me as well as a researcher. So I was really uh, welcome to hear that for them. Going into plans for the centre, their plan was to be a national centre of excellence for championing coastal communities. And that was quite music to my ears because, you know, I've been researching geographic health inequalities for about 20 years now. And, you know, so for a very long time, you can see that there are places, you know, in in the UK where there's much worse health than in other places. And here we're talking about coastal communities versus inland. And I think this is a real opportunity to actually do something about those health inequalities. And yeah, so it's very exciting. But yeah, but the idea for the centre is to really be to do research, to develop impact and really develop interventions that will reduce these health inequalities. So what are the specific issues that coastal places face that other places don't? I wouldn't say that there are specific issues that other places don't face, only that it's a particular combination of issues that are playing out in coastal areas because of the history and the dynamics of those places. Um, For example, I think many coastal communities, not all, share these common history, these common characteristics of having high deprivation levels. They've got a lot of inward migration of older people. You know, people retire to the coast. And you've got a lot of transient populations. So a lot of people kind of moving in and out. Poor quality housing, particular issues around geographic isolation. So it's hard to get to these places. And and essentially reliance on seasonal economy or maybe reliance on one industry. So you've got this... In some some coastal communities, I want to make it really clear that I'm talking about some, not all. Um, you have this basic history of economic neglect for a very long time, which has resulted in these economic issues, which has led into health inequalities. I mean, this is the hypothesis. Um, and this is what Chris Whitty's report was showing as well and highlighting. But actually, there's been very little research actually looking at this and saying, is, is this what is leading to the health inequalities? Um, so I'm, I'm saying here that these are specific issues that are being faced, but is are these related to health inequalities is what the centre will be looking at. You've written a paper, it's not officially published yet, but it's out online. Uh, you've used 
uh, understanding society data to look at health among young adults in coastal communities. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, you know, what you looked at and what you found. I looked at whether adolescents who had lived in coastal communities compared to their peers inland um, had worse, you know, up to 11 years following when they were an adolescent. Um, and the outcomes for that was not just looking at one measure of health. It was looking like quite a few to get a, an overall sense of somebody's health, like their self-rated health, um, whether they have chronic conditions and about both physical and mental health. And what I found was that it wasn't adolescence in all coastal communities. It was only those in the most deprived coastal communities had worse health up to 11 years later compared to the equally deprived areas inland, which I wasn't expecting. This finding was particularly true for the mental health outcomes as opposed to the physical health outcomes. And this was after adjusting for lots of things about these individuals themselves, like what their parents' household income had been, gender, ethnicity, etc. Um, so it sounds like you're saying that that um, deprivation in in communities can be can be different. There's no one uh, thing that they have in common. P areas can be deprived in different ways. Is that right? There's something about being in a deprived coastal community that's affecting the mental health of adolescents in these areas more than being in a deprived area inland. And why that is, I don't know. And that's the next area of research to look at. So we're going to start looking at what is the other things about these deprived coastal communities, like the built environment, the economics environment, geographic isolation, for example, that would be leading to this excess coastal effect on mental health for young people. So it sounds like we we might know some other factors uh, involved in in making health worse for for young adults in in coastal places. What else might be affecting it? Do you think? So we don't know what are the factors that are making mental health worse for adolescents in these coastal communities. This is the next stage of the research. This is what I'm looking at now. And from my perspective, started looking at what are the environmental factors in the these areas that might be explaining why young people in these most deprived community coastal areas have worse mental health than equivalent places inland. But really, why should this be? Why should it be just because these young people live on the coast have worse mental health than being somewhere equivalent inland? You have an equally deprived places, somewhere on the coast and somewhere inland. Um, is this something about the economics of these areas? Is it about the social environment? Is it the built environment or the it could be something about the educational environment. So I've gathered this environmental data from lots of other sources, like the Office for National Statistics, Department of Education, Transport, and I've linked those to understanding society. And now I just need time to analyze it. Right. Yes. One of the one of the useful things you can do, I guess, is is link different kinds of data together and explore explore the subject, you know, as a whole. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the really great things about understanding society is you've got this nationally representative survey of individuals followed over time, and then we know where they live from address data, and then we can link in all this other administrative data to get even to be able to answer even more research questions. So, what other subjects are you hoping to to examine in the, in the the Center for Coastal Communities? There's been very little research done on health inequalities in coastal communities. So the, the center itself is within 
the Institute for Public Health and Wellbeing at the University of Essex. So there will be a focus on health inequalities in coastal communities. And over the past few months, I've been on a listening tour of people who live or work in coastal communities, because the vision for the centre is not that this is the university deciding on what research questions that we want to answer. This is, I want this to be a centre for coastal communities, that we're developing our research questions with the community, that we're answering research questions that will be of value to them, rather than you know, just what we're interested here at the university. So at the moment, I'm doing this listening tour to use their voices to develop this research agenda. Can you tell me a bit more about that? So, for example, um, one of the areas that we'll be focusing on is Clapton, because the university has gone in with the local tendering council, Essex County Council, on a levelling up bid in which they've been successful for that. So we're going to have a physical presence in Clacton. The centre will be in a building there offering skills and educational training. So there is this focus on the community there. And from lots of this listening tour and lots of discussions with local leaders, there is a lot of scepticism about doing research because Jaywick, which is a part of Tendring Council, is listed as the most deprived uh, community in the whole country and has been for a while. So I think the residents there are quite used to people coming, like kind of dropping in and doing research and leaving again. So I think part of this process will be to make sure that they feel listened to and that we're there for the long term and show that this is not us just popping in and out and doing our research on them, but creating an environment where they are a part of the research and this is a centre for them. You said you've been on this listening tour, but could you tell us a bit about, um, you know, what people have said to you so far in terms of, in terms of, you know, what what they see as the as the things that are happening in their areas? The things that come up over and over again. We were talking about mental health in young people. We say that there is a real lack of hope in people, particularly in Clacton, saying that this is a place that's been like economically neglected for a long time. So people talk about watching their town die in a way, and in particularly during COVID, saying like that the the foot the actual footfall of the place is declining, the shop fronts, you know, some of them are disappearing, that there's a lack of opportunities for young people. So if they want to go into education and they want to, to go into employment, there's really limited options for that. And just a general sense of of neglect. But but at the same time, you know, there's lots of money now being spent in Clacton. There's this great opportunity with the levelling up funds and other kinds of funds that are being spent and in lots of other coastal communities at this time. And so there's also lots of, of hope that this money will now improve these things. And lots of people are very excited about what could happen and that their town will be improved. Um, but I think the focus for the centre and for me is to doc be documenting this and to saying there's lots of money being spent, lots of really great things happening. And so how do we drill that down to say, well, which of these things are actually improving health? And that, and I think that's going to be a main focus of the centre going forward. So the investment is starting in these coastal places. Do you think your research is going to bring up other policy ideas which could specifically help coastal coastal communities? So there's lots of money being spent in these places. There's lots of 
activities that are happening, lots of really great things. But I think where the centre comes in is to document what is happening, do the research to analyse which specifically which of these activities could be leading to improvements in health and reductions in health inequalities. And that's going to be a major focus of the centre going forward. And is there anything that governments can do to make sure improvements in coastal communities are are long term, that they last? Long term funding. Most of the levelling up funds are about three years um, in length. Um, so what happens after that? Um, part of what the University of Essex is doing is saying our partnership work with these coastal communities is not short term, that this is a long term investment. And it's really, you know, amazing since I've started at the University of Essex to see the partnership working that is happening between the university and local government, the different NHS groups and charities, etc. But yeah, basically from the government side of things, I would say more long term investment. If there weren't centres like this one, what would happen? What would be happening in these areas? There has not been a lot of research being done on this side, and it was really Chris Whitty's report that brought out that there are these inequalities between coastal communities and, and health and not a lot of research about why. Why is this happening? So, yeah, so the centre has been set up to try to fill this research gap and answer some of these questions to really get at what what does national and local government, what needs to be done to reduce these health inequalities between coastal communities and inland communities? because why should just living on the coast mean you have worse health? So, Emily, you've talked about the need for, for long-term investment and long-term work in these areas. Can you tell us maybe what you'd like to have achieved maybe in five years' time? Two perspectives. So there's a national focus to this research of saying, why do coastal communities have these health inequalities? So I'd really like for us to be able to answer that, at least in a basic way of saying, this is why there are these health inequalities and this is how we might go about solving that. Uh, and But on the other side of it, the centre also has a local focus with the levelling up funds in Clacton. So in two years time, the centre will have a physical presence in Clacton, where we're going to be offering skills and educational training to people, to local residents. And so really putting you know, our money where our mouth is to say, this is one of the most deprived areas in the country. We're going to use the investment from the university, along with government funding, to try to solve some of those health inequalities through educational offerings. My thanks to Emily Murray. You can find out more about how the data from Understanding Society is changing practice and informing policy by visiting the website understandingsociety.ac.uk and following us on social media. This was a research podcast production. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe wherever you receive your podcasts.